0: who were preacher fans the only dudes who could ever teach me were some guys who were preacher fans yes they were they were oh yes they were that's a podcast theme right there
1: welcome to preacher man a podcast about amc's preacher i'm alex I am Pete. And Justin is off for this episode, but first and foremost, I wanted to give a shout-out to Jeff Solomon, who did the theme for our show, the theme music. Um, oh,
0: yes. Rolling the past couple of episodes. It Thank is, you, Jeff. Yeah, it is a fantastic. I've listened to it a bunch of yeah. times and really enjoyed it. Is it your uh, ringtone so yeah. now, Pete? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I should make that my ringtone. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That is uh, is, uh, comedy gold and also really uh, sets the tone for this podcast. I'm very happy with it. Absolutely. I think
1: uh, I'm going to check it real quick, but I believe, yeah, there we go. Uh, JeffSolomonMusic.com if you want to check out his website or Solomaniac.com on Twitter. Those are probably two places you can check them out, but thank you to Jeff for doing that. And thank you to AMC and the good Lord above for providing us with this wonderful show, Preacher, that we can talk about. Thank you. Exactly. uh, Thank you, Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) It's too bad we're not talking about American gods. Yeah. Uh, But speaking of, I would just like to go on a a very small rant. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, go ahead. Speaking of theme music... Uh, Kimmy Gatewood, who did our Comic Book Club uh, theme song, is in Glow uh, right now. And I cannot wait to watch that on Netflix. Uh, She is a hysterical woman. I can't wait to watch her wrestle. This is going to be very exciting. Yeah, this is probably almost definitely
1: off-topic, but that show yeah. is great. I'm actually almost done with the first season of it. Oh, uh, really? Are you? Yeah, yeah I am. Uh, Kimmy Gatewood is paired with Rebecca Johnson, two-thirds yeah. of the Apple Sisters. In a way, to tie it back, we've been talking about the past couple of episodes, how a lot of New York comedy people have been on this show. Kimmy and mm-hmm. Rebecca are not on Preacher, but they are on another show called Glow. Uh, so there you go. We're all covered for this episode in terms of the New York comedy scene. I think that's Pretty good, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, I would definitely uh, say so.
1: <laughs> cool. Check out Glow, and that's the end of our preacher podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about this. So uh, we got uh, we got a big flashback in this episode. Now, this is something we haven't actually talked about on our podcast that much, uh, Pete. Since Justin's not here, I think we can be a little freer with the spoilers, right? I would say. Or do you want to still be locked down? For the yes, listeners? definitely. Okay, so uh, no. what happened with Jesse and his dad is a really big thing in the comics. It is something yes. that we keep flashing back to there. They're doing it in a similar area in the show. Uh, and we start to get uh, – this is actually something I don't think we really saw, if I remember correctly, in the comics. So it is new information. We got to see little Jesse and little Tulip hanging out. How would you feel yeah, about this? Yeah, you
0: don't. Yeah, that is something that is not kind of touched on in the comics. In the comics, they don't, they weren't, they didn't know each other as kids. Yeah, uh, so this is a very interesting take to make their love uh, a little bit more deep rooted and go back a, a, a longer way. Mm. Um, but. Uh, that being said, I think this is fun. Uh, that's the nice thing about seeing something you love in a different medium is they're making different choices. And as, as far as I'm concerned, as long as they're staying true to the characters, I'm okay with a little kind of like different takes on mm-hmm. things. And I feel like this is cool because it really uh, sets up this thing of like these two are uh, – um, to, uh, meant to be together mm-hmm. and have been and have this history that is very powerful and deep. Yeah. Uh, it kind of goes beyond this kind of like first love or first crush or, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, the fact that they have so much history together says a lot about the two of them. Well,
1: speaking of history, the other thing this sets up, which again, remind me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe is present in the books at all. Well, actually, I can say straight up it's not, is it ties Jesse and his family so straightly to Kin Cannon and to Kin Cannon Meet and Power.
0: Yes. uh, Which which is, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's different. No, I was just going to say it's a completely different take on it. And what's great is I want more Rorschach. Uh, in yeah. my TV show. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's kind of, of because I know where it's going, or hopefully will get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the comic book is concerned. So seeing a little bit more of the character early on is definitely very interesting. Well, the thing that it does change, if we want to keep
1: on the comic book for a little bit, is we are getting to a place where some bad stuff happens with Jesse's dad. And it happens with yep. Jesse's dad with another character, another member of Jesse's family in the comic books, which is in a long line of fucked up things that (laughs) happen in the comic book, (laughs) that is that series of issues where they reveal what happened with Jesse's dad is one of the most horrifying, uncomfortable things that I've read. Like there's viscerally, visually horrifying things that happen in the preacher comic book in particular, but
0: yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them.
1: Yeah. But the psychological stuff that happens to Jesse around his father's death it's dealt with in a very different way on the
0: show, and we're just starting in this episode to get the teases of that. I completely agree. And it, what's nice is it sets up this whole thing, and especially because some Justin's been wondering is why is this guy so hell-bent on mm-hmm. being a preacher, preacher? And it's this promise that he made to his dad. Yeah, All right, well, we'll
1: we'll come back to that in subsequent episodes. Let's skip forward to the present and talk about hunting women, one of our favorite topics here on the show.
0: (laughs) It is not a favorite topic. No, it's not. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah, Um, that's uh, a weird thing to joke about, being two dudes. Yes, it is a very weird thing to joke about.
1: Uh, whatever you guys do, don't call the police. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Um, but uh, so it turns out that one of the favorite pastimes of the people who work at Kin Cannon's Meat Power Plant is to do paintball with prostitutes or maybe women. We don't know, but probably prostitutes yeah. uh, through the woods in the middle of the night. And one of them falls into a hole. Uh, this was a great weird creepy sequence that I liked, but made me uncomfortable at the same time.
0: That's weird that you said you liked it. Uh, I was kind of on tulip side and was very much like, what the fuck? But it's, it's the kind of like tipping your pinky toe into the madness. That is the, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, creepy Kin whole setup. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, of all the weird things that he does, uh, this is definitely fits in uh, because he does so many weird, crazy things. So, yeah, I mean, this is a horrible thing, but also the whole attitude that everybody kind of has, which is uh, gives Tulip such great motivation for what she does in the later in the episode. Yeah. yeah, I
1: I loved uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? It's not actually Roark. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley. His delivery yep. when he's telling everybody the, the giving his non-eulogy about this dead <laughs> oh, woman.
0: Oh, God. Yes. It's
1: great. It's yeah. so perfunctory and so weird and to your point, completely emphasizes everything that's strange and wrong about him and strange and wrong about this town and mm-hmm. the way that Ruth Negga plays Tulip and these scenes as the straight man is fantastic it's it's great yes the whole pro, the whole storyline um if anything this episode is very much about kin Cannon and exploring who he is and his relationship yep. to and what's going on there
0: yeah and it's also funny how like it's he is not he's so evil and twisted but also like so very much aware of himself mm-hmm. because when She's like, well, what about this? And he goes, okay, fine. And he just kind of, like, changes his tone and says things, like, sarcastically, just to kind of, like, check the box of, like, well, I said that, I covered that. What are you mad about? You know, it was like, oh, my God. Uh, so crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, there was one character I wanted to talk about as she starts to come and play a little bit more of this episode that we haven't talked about at all, Emily, who it weirdly to me is like this weird blip on the side of the show who I like, but I keep forgetting about because you got the main trio, you got Cassidy, you got Tulip, you got Jesse, you got Kin Cannon, who's really mm-hmm. weird. And then Emily, she's kind of like Jesse's assistant, you know? And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you think about her? What's your impression of her, Pete?
0: Well, I, I tell you it's, it's weird because she does these things for her kids that are important, but it's also like, it's very interesting because you have this kind of like mom, strong mom character who does things for her religion and for her family. But then when it comes to herself, like rarely does she get any Mm -hmm. uh, fun or pleasure. So like to see her like snap and lose it, uh, you know, whether it's breaking iPads or whatever, like like uh, it's, it, she's a very interesting character. She, uh, she's a little complex. She's got a lot going on and you can kind of tell that she's very much into Jesse, but that's never going to happen. Yeah. And then, and, and then the one man who she is into, or one man that is into her, she'll never give the time of day as far as like, real commitment, but physical commitment, fine, whatever. You know, it's kind of the classic, like, uh, stuck in the friend zone scenario. Um, yeah,
1: it's a little more than kind of
0: friend zone. I mean, you have that. More, so yeah, yeah, friends with benefits. You're right. You're right. right. I mean, it and she friends with benefits.
1: Yeah, and uh, they have that thing. I mean, the way that she so lazily just starts taking off her pants and walking away from <laughs> my that scene. Uh, yeah, she... Listen, I I like her. I think Lucy Griffiths, who's the actress who plays her. Phenomenal. She's great. I I just have a hard time. She's she's like the square peg in the show to me, where it doesn't really actually make sense to me exactly what her purpose is Mm -hmm. in the overall plot, because... She doesn't fit into the mythology of between you and me, Pete. I think we can call this Genesis, you know, uh, because we'll find that out later in the show, but, uh, she doesn't fit yeah. into the plot necessarily of Genesis. She doesn't fit into the overall mythology that we're learning this episode of Jesse and Tulip. Uh, she's not a vampire and she's not, she doesn't strike me as like, on a lot of Supernatural shows, there's always the lone human character who's naive and then eventually finds out about stuff and somewhere down the road gets very unique superpowers so that they can contribute with Buffy the Vampire Slayer or whoever. But that's not her purpose here. She's just kind of there uh to mm-hmm. pine after Jesse, and that's pretty much it. And It's weird. I, I wish there was more integration of her into the show, but I think we can safely say, again,
0: between you and me, Pete, that never happens. (laughs) Right. But it is very interesting because what's nice is like, they've set this up. Like not all characters are going to pay off. Like not Mm -hmm. everybody is such key, but she is such a key part of right now where Jesse is, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like he couldn't run that church without her. Um, and it's also like this thing of like, kind of a common struggle of like, you know, I want to be all these things, but I can't be all these things. So what I am going to focus on is being somebody who is dedicated to my church and dedicated to my kids. And if I got to just, you know, fuck a nice dude in the meantime, so I can keep all these things afloat, then that's what I'm going to do, you know, Is that... Uh, Sorry, are you uh, talking... No, no, I'm sorry,
1: Pete. Were you talking about our character or you? Are you fucking a nice dude just to keep things afloat? No, no. But thank you for checking
0: in. I just want to see how you're doing. (laughs) I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, I just... uh, You know, it's it's a it's an interesting kind of character choice. Like they could have gone a lot of different ways with this character and they decided to kind of do that. But it is it's a it's a comment on the power that women have over men. And it's also a a comment on the things that men will do, you know, uh, uh, if they are uh, thrown the bone every once in a while. Um, So it is I am happy that they are making the choices that they are with that character Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like there are, there could be other choices they would make, but they're they're kind of sticking to their guns of like this is who she is and this is what she's about. And what's cool about this world of preacher is nothing is super sunny and super bright. There's dark kind of uh, things with all the characters and Emily included, even though you kind of wish she was better, you know? Yeah, well she that... portrays herself that way.
1: Uh, I think that's a good segue to talk about um, one of the minor plot lines running through this episode with Fiore and DeBlanc are two weirdos who are in a hotel room, which yeah. uh, we spoiled <laughs> last episode or angels, but uh, yeah. Cassidy basically is running a scam on them. Um, he's yes. tried to tell Jesse about what's going on with him, that maybe they're clones. He doesn't know what's happening. Uh, He finds their hotel room and tells them that he's going to convince Jesse to meet up with him so that they can take Mm -hmm. the entity that's uh, invaded Jesse's body back.
0: But basically, he's just robbing them. I mean, essentially, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When you think you can't love Cassidy anymore— And right now, anyways, in the beginning, you think, like, oh, Cassius is this really cool character. Yeah, he is this type of guy, the swindler, this eye of, like, dark, crazy shit going on. And I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take advantage of people. Because, I mean, if I was a vampire, you know, people are just pawns to me, so I'm going to use them as I see fit to get whatever I want. And, yeah, I mean, Cassidy is this kind of amazing uh, just oddball slash like wild card that you kind of throw in the mix, and he's going to take advantage and do the things that he wants to do. Um, and, yeah, it's I I love Cassidy right now, but I know what's coming up is really going to be fucked up. So, yeah, um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm really just trying to stay in the moment and enjoy Cassidy right now. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just think that it's such a cool kind of thing of, like, taking advantage of these two squares, uh, mm-hmm. these two kind of people who don't fit in. I mean, I love the whole thing of, like, the you know, one of them sees the commercial for the hamburger and then goes up to the uh, person at the hotel <laughs> It's is like – you know, tries to order that hamburger, you know, and it was like, uh, that's not how things work, but it's kind of fun to see how out of touch they are.
1: Yeah. We, we talked about how last episode was a lot of setup. It was a lot of, you know, just random scenes, not random scenes, but a lot of scenes just kind of throwing things out there. And I feel Mm -hmm. like this happens with a lot of shows in particular with good shows, but that's where you start to get the payoff in an episode four when you can take Fiore and De Blanc and throw them together with Cassidy. And it makes sense because you understand yeah. these characters now. I and mean, that's fun. Yeah. Um, leads to some bad slash interesting stuff for Cassidy though, where there's, uh, a memorial going on for the poor prostitute who fell down a hole at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. and, and, uh, Tulip goes there looking, uh, to stir up some trouble with a guy named Clive
0: um very much so very justified in that yeah why why do you say that because i mean if nobody cares about somebody who died like that i mean that's a human life i mean Mm -hmm. and they're just treating her like whatever like it was a party balloon that popped or whatever you know so uh yeah the fact that she is like fuck that, I'm going to go and kind of stir stuff up because that's what's right,
1: you know? I, j- I just want to check, have you never thrown a funeral for a party balloon? Is that what you're saying? Uh, No, 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 I have. Should I be? Should I be throwing funerals Dude, for party balloons? If you do not throw a funeral
0: for a party balloon wow. and bury it the right way, it'll go straight <laughs> to, ba- to balloon hell. Oh, I have sent way too many party <laughs> balloons to Balloon Hell. Now I feel awful. Thank
1: oh, you, Jesus. Well, I'm sorry about that. Uh, we'll we'll find every balloon that
0: you've ever popped, and we'll we'll bury them in a mass grave. Together. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have to go tulip style and just kind of go crazy. Sweet. And, well, yeah. she goes
1: crazy, and she goes crazy on the wrong guy. She beats up Cassidy, and then which
0: of all the people you're gonna beat up? uh vampire is a good choice.
1: Yeah, it actually works out kind of well yeah. for her because she knocks Cassidy out of the window accidentally. He is spurting blood all over the place. Uh, and this is uh, one of the things that you alluded to earlier. Cassidy asks her for a kiss before dying. But once again, he's pulling a con on her, but it's going to lead to
0: some pretty complicated stuff down the road. But it's also one of those things where Cassidy doesn't know The history, he doesn't know what Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he just sees an attractive woman and is like, oh, yeah, I can kind of milk this for my advantage. Yeah. Um, And then she discovers he's a vampire, which... Classic scenario. Anytime you fall in love with a dude... You realize, oh, either they're a vampire or they live with their parents or, you know, I mean, they're addicted to crack. It's always something. Again, are you talking from your own experience or are you talking about the show? No, no, no. I wouldn't. What?
1: No. Oh, i mainly I'm wondering if you've met a real vampire, not if you dated a dude who
0: did crack. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who hasn't met a vampire at this point? (laughs) Really good point. Um Yeah, so uh, let's talk about Jesse. You want to talk about Jesse? Because well, I would, I would like to actually back it up and talk about vampires. Oh, sure, please. I am always into talking about vampires. Okay, so uh, we live in New York City. Uh, There was this one time I got I got on the train and there was this this there was this dude. Who is dressed in all leather and was white as a ghost, and had this like, like top hat. It, it, he, I, I don't know what vampires are really like, but I was like, I swear to God, this guy was a vampire. And then I moved trains, and then he followed me, and I was like super scared because like every time I turned around, he was just there. Like he, like I was timing it. So I was running in between the doors. So like I was thinking there wasn't enough time for someone to follow me. Yet there he was, and uh, it was super scary. And then eventually I just got off the train. I was so freaked out. But, yeah, I swear that guy was a vampire. Pete, he's right behind you right now. <laughs> nah. I turned around. Fuck you. <laughs> oh man, I got We're you. We're doing this over a Skype, and uh, me and Salvin are in different locations. And I definitely turned around.
1: Nice. Yeah. Oh man, I got you so bad. Happy April Fool's Day, dude. Happy April Fool's Day. Uh, well,
0: it's,
1: I've never met a vampire, but I have never, met, never met a vampire. Still hoping. Honestly, I'd be up wow. for that as long as there'd be, <laughs> as long as there'd be a guarantee that whatever took over me was still me. Like the way that they talk about it in Buffy is basically there's this demon riding. Your soul and your body, but you're still right. there, kind of. Um, mm. Well, you don't have a soul, but it's riding in your body. So, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. But if there's a thing where like you die and then you become this other thing,
0: not into that.
1: Would oh, you, okay. Would you All become
0: right. a vampire, Pete? No, I definitely would not become a vampire. Um, I do wonder. Uh, I uh, now if werewolf, that's a completely different story. Oh, really? yeah yeah I'd be I'd be team werewolf. no question about it. Why is that? I just feel like werewolves like just turn into werewolves on full moon, so you can live like a full life and everything is fine just every once in a while you turn into a werewolf and kind of hunt things and have no control of yourself and I feel like that's okay,
1: oh okay, so you're looking at the whole monster thing as a curse. I'm looking at it as an opportunity. oh wow, you want to
0: live forever is yeah. that your... what <laughs> Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. Really? You think living forever is great?
1: Yeah. I don't ever want to die. <laughs> if they can perfect oh, the man. process to put my brain in a robot body, 100% on board.
0: What about like Futurama where your head's in just like this kind of like, you're just, it's just a little plaque that says Alex Alvin and there's your head just kind of floating there. Yeah, I'm cool with that too. Whatever it is that
1: keeps me going forever, uh, I'm into it. Wow! All right, man. Yeah,
0: dude, there is so I, much uh, TV to watch. <laughs> there is that you're. I mean, that alone is reason to live forever. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. just don't.
1: I don't like uh, to get, be totally honest. I don't like the idea of stopping existing. I'm not into that.
0: <laughs> All right, man. You don't think there's you know like after a while you know your just time is up and nope. You know. Okay. That's why I do podcasts. These last forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody's listening to this many years in the future. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, and they're like, what
1: is this television show you are talking? Oh, (laughs) I do not know. I'm a vampire. I'm a very old vampire, but we do not know what this television is, but we do download podcasts. I
0: I wonder what will last longer. TV, podcast, or comic books? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to go
1: with podcasts.
0: Oh, I'm going to go with comic books.
1: Yeah? Because comic uh, books, I feel like, are going to degrade over time because they're made of paper.
0: Right, but I feel like uh, real collectors will find a way to like cherish them and keep them going, and then that will become like a thing that is in museums or whatever for future gen- generations and stuff.
1: Do you think it's sort of a Jurassic Park situation where comic books eventually will get sealed in amber and then millions of years from now some scientists will figure out how to clone comic books? That would be
0: fantastic. And then they'll find a way to bring like Wolverine to life. Oh, uh, see? They shouldn't do that. Just because they could bring Wolverine to life
1: doesn't mean they should
0: Um, I kind of feel like life would be better if there was a real Wolverine running around. Would it? I don't know. I feel like he'd probably kill you at a bar, Pete. Dude, what are you talking about? We would be best friends and we would drink in bars and then he would go off and like make everybody's lives better. We should probably talk about Jesse before we run out of time
1: just because he's the main character of the show. So the interesting thing that's happening with Jesse in this episode is now that he's explored his superpowers and understood how his convincing powers work, or at least he thinks he understands how it works, he is a happy guy. He's totally confident. The thing that's fascinating about this episode is he almost has no arc. Where we've had him be the main character, be the main focus in previous episodes – here, he's pretty even throughout. He's decided what he's wanted, he's decided to go for it, uh, and he does. Uh, do you agree, Pete?
0: Yeah, I, it's one of those things where it's weird to see him so happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a pig and shit at the diner. I mean, he's got a line of people just waiting to talk to him, and he is oh, loving You're, you're, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. That That's next episode. Oh.
1: Oops. Ah, that's all right. Uh, what bad, happens this bad. episode is he's trying to convince people to go to church uh, by giving away a free TV, which falls on, falls on poor Emily. But his big gambit is to get Kin Cannon to come to church and uh, serve God. And Kin Cannon does not, due to some reasons that we'll find out a couple of episodes from now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it leads to this great scene after Jesse has bet Kin Cannon he says that will give Ken Cannon his uh, land, which includes his church, um, if he comes to church and doesn't decide to serve God. And then, of course, Jesse uses his power on him, and Ken Cannon says yes,
0: and the room freaks out. Uh, what would you feel about yeah. that scene? I mean, it's it's a fantastic scene. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, they both think the other one has them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh they both think like, "Oh, this is an easy win," uh, which is great. Uh, and yeah, it's just one of those things where what's coming next for King Cannon is such a fucked up, crazy thing that Jesse put no, in motion, not knowing what he's actually doing. So he's think he's won, but he's actually just kind of released a uh, fucked up, making someone who's already fucked up even more fucked up. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is going to blow up in his face, but for the immediate future, he has a W this kind of like miracle in church where they got the, you know, him to uh, show up and to agree to this.
1: Yeah. The thing that I think is really interesting about this in particular is there is, Without spoiling too much, there are some uh, you know physical conflicts that happen for the, but for the most part, what this episode is doing is it's setting up a philosophical conflict between Kin Cannon and Jesse, and particularly in this episode, Jesse is firm in his faith, he believes in God, he believes he has a purpose, and Kincannon, Cannon yep. I don't think he explicitly says it, but it's pretty clear in the way that he's coming at everything is Kin Cannon doesn't believe in God. And he has no faith, and he thinks all we are is meat. That's it. Uh, so that is the conflict of the first season of that show, and that is so well set up, particularly in their speech over the tiny little Alamo. Um, you know, which is a pretty clear visual metaphor going on there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's great. It's it's cool to have that in a show like this where there is over the top action there is gore there are all these things but ultimately it comes down to these two guys and what they believe
0: or don't believe yeah exactly these the two foes that are coming uh you know head to head here yeah <laughs> and then at the end of the
1: episode, uh, something that we probably couldn't talk about, but we could certainly torture Justin about if he was here. Uh, Fiore and DeBlanc are in a motel room and they have a weird oh, phone yeah. contraption and it starts ringing and they just stare at it and stare at it and stare at it. And I think we can say, if you haven't watched the show before, yeah, this will be a pretty major thing coming up. Uh, but anything else you want yeah. to say about it, Pete?
0: Yeah, I would like to. Uh, yeah, I loved how the episode ended. And I thought like that was such a cool kind of uh, ending for it, Uh, especially because these are two angels. And all of a sudden they're like they feel like they're in trouble, you know. Uh, So I thought that was like a really powerful and kind of amazing moment. Uh, But I would like to go back and just talk a little bit about Jesse and the fact of like, here's a man who is a bad person, then tries to honor his father and then thinks he is actually given you know, a gift from God. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's setting him up for a pretty hard fall, but it's also, like, really interesting and fun to see him have his moment and have his thing of, like, okay, if I am a good person, this might actually pay off for mm-hmm. me. Uh, and it's, it's reading the comic ahead of time, it's kind of like, oh, God. But, like, part <laughs> of me is is jealous of Justin watching it with clean eyes to be like, Oh wow. Like he's, you know, here's a guy who is kind of turned a corner and is trying to do well and thinks he's being rewarded for, it. you know, uh, one
1: minor disappointment that I'll mention. So the word of God or the word that Jesse uses serve God. And then Kin kind of says, of course Mm -hmm. I will. Yes, sir. Um, Knowing yeah. what I know about King Canada for the comic books, I really thought that he was going to start serving people meat after that. Like I thought that would be the monkey's <laughs> yeah. of it all. Cause he is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's not exactly that what happens. Yeah. It happens in a slightly different way. Um, yeah. and I, I, don't think it would have made sense to end the episode with like a visual joke like that. Um, but yeah. I don't know. That's what I thought was going to happen when I first watched it. I was wrong. All right, let's move on uh, to our next section, which is Revelations, where we talk about the most revealing or best part of the episode. Pete, what's your choice? What what was your revelation for the episode?
0: Um, I, I would have to say that I really love Tulip as a character and seeing what she will do for what she believes in. In this episode, is just fantastic. The fact that she is willing to, like, uh, you know, kill somebody um, uh, for what she thinks is right uh, is 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 it's nice to see her as a character kind of do those things and jump through those hoops, uh, even when she's wrong. And I think it's just it's just a nice extra layer that we get that you don't kind of get from the comic book about uh, this. Uh, character and I, I, I absolutely loved the comic and the graphic novel, but seeing her this way in this TV show has been so much more enjoyable thus far.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. So, with so my
0: revelation, my revelation is Tula. All
1: right, there we go. My revelation is the Cannon scene at the end. I just thought that scene in the church was so great and the way Jesse works it and tries to convince him, it was just so well paced and there wasn't really yeah. a doubt in my mind that Kin Cannon was going to be commanded to do this, but I was really curious to see how it would pan out and, it panned out really well. I, I like the way they played that scene. I thought it was very good. That's it for this episode. If you want to support this podcast and other podcasts that we do, please
0: Wait, around. wait. What? What, oh, what, oh, what? What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh, I did want to give one TRL-style shout-out. Yeah, uh, what is it? A, a guy on Twitter uh, wrote to us, um, and he is a big fan of Preacher, a big fan of our show, so Zach uh, Vanderberg, uh, gave us a shout out on twitter so he asked for a trl shout out so uh there it is uh, that wasn't really I don't, a I don't know what TRL. trl I mean oh, yeah, I would I'm say not if sure you what to... that means
1: uh here we go hey what's up Zach vanderburg uh thank you so much for being a fan we can't really do it without people like you you're the best Zach Vanderberg, woo <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nice Thank you very much. Uh there you go. I'm the new Carson Daly. Uh guys You it, did work
0: at MTV for a while, so
1: Yes, I did. I actually never met Carson Daly, but I did meet Kurt Loader at a film screening one time. Uh I Oh man. Yeah, I yeah. sat down somebody, uh, one of my friends at VH one said, Oh, Hey, there's two seats next to Kurt Loder. You want to sit over there? And I was like, uh, okay. I guess so. And we sat down and she said, Hey, Kurt, this is Alex. He works at MTV and I wish you could get this over a podcast, but he just looked side-eye at me and said, hello. And then went back to exactly <laughs> what he was doing and anybody else. I'd be entirely insulted, but it was Kurt Loder and it was, Perfect. That was exactly what I wanted out of getting Kurt Loader for the first time. (laughs) That's
0: amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing.
1: If you want to support this podcast and other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. in New York that you can come see for free and check out. Uh, Pete, what else do you want to plug? Uh, Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have coming up on our live show. Check us out at ComicBookLive, ComicBookClubLive.com for the podcasts and more. And, uh, Pete, when are you going to introduce me to that dude you're dating? (laughs) Nah, probably never because there is no dude, but thank you. Oh, well, thank you, and thank you guys for listening.